Welcome to the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. What's up, Cougar Nation? Lauren McClain here alongside Cleon Wall, and we're doing what we do best, talking all things BYU Cougars. Here's what's coming up on the show today. Can you smell it? Football is in the air, and BYU's fall camp began this week. I chatted with transfer running back Aiden Robbins and senior linebacker Chaz Ayu about week one of practice. Plus, Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark announced a conference game could be played in Mexico City for the first time ever. We'll discuss where else we'd like to see the Cougars play a game outside of the United States. But first, there were a few notable sound bites that came from this week's fall camp media availability. Here's the first one from sophomore safety Micah Harper. What's the number one thing you want this Jay Hill defense to be known for? Uh, number one defense in the country. <laughs> Fair enough. Cleon, what do you think about this statement from Micah Harper? Is it creating unreal expectations for fans? Is it a good thing he's super confident or does it not matter because it's week one of fall camp? I, I think that someone like Micah Harper has to say this. If you're a football player, you need to show confidence in your abilities and the abilities of the guys around you. You don't want to be that guy who doesn't believe in yourself and doesn't believe in your teammates. So you, you have to, I, I mean, if you're someone like Micah Harper and you have pride, you're like, yeah, I want to be the number one defense in the nation. I think that's a good goal. Is it a realistic goal? Probably not, but at least you you have it out there and you're like, this is what I want. And if I'm Spock from Star Trek, there's no logic here. I look at the numbers from last season and I put it into some weird algorithm that I can't come up with because I'm not that smart. But Spock would be. And uh, it shows that BYU can only jump up so far with the players they have, the players who jumped onto the team and also a new defensive coordinator who's probably trying to tamp down expectations. He, he He's probably saying, well, the best you can be is maybe number 65. I don't know. I mean, That's a really bad Spock impersonation, by the way. Um, but anyway, uh, the only logic is the mental logic that Micah Harper is trying to build himself up uh, for himself and his teammates. By the way, me, if BYU is a top 50 defense this year, that would be a massive accomplishment. As a fan, that's realism. But if you're a football team, you're trying to do your best to build up the confidence of the football team so you play beyond you know individual player rankings. So I like that he said it because he set a goal in his mind, and now he's going to try and follow through along with his teammates. And maybe they won't be number one, but if they're number 47, that that is a huge jump from last season. And honestly, what are you going to say? Like, who's going to have the goal? We'd really like to be number 47 in the country. That's what we're shooting for this year. Like, no defense is going to say that. No leader on any team is going to say that. They're going to say, we want to be the best. And that's that's exactly what you should do. You mentioned BYU ranked 97th in opponents' uh, points per game, giving up nearly, uh, nearly 30 points per game last season. Anything above that is an improvement. Somehow being a top 25 defense in the country would be spectacular for the Cougars this season and exceed everybody's expectations. Being the best defense in the country, I don't think is realistic, like you said. But I don't mind that Micah Harper said that at all. I love the confidence. And as long as they can stay confident and smart, if things don't go exactly the way they want them to go during the season, I think they're going to be okay. And I like that Jay Hill is telling them that it's possible. I think he is. I think he has that type of mentality. Um, speaking of, I asked defensive coordinator Jay Hill a question during his group interview with the media. Here's what he said. Players tend to kind of take on the identity of the coordinators. What do you want to rub off on your players that will could become their identity? Well, the love for the game. Um, I, I mean, that's one thing that's always been a passion of mine. I love the game. 
I love when the game's played the right way. So just with excitement, energy, passion, uh, I, I hope they pick up on that. But then the details of it too. Um, you don't have to be the most athletic guy to be a great player. You got to be detailed. You got to be disciplined. You got to outsmart your opponent. And a lot of times you can outwork those guys. So I, I hope they take on all those details of what, you know, I think it requires to be a great player. Cleon, Coach Hill mentions that you don't have to be the most athletic guy to be a great player. He said a lot of times you can outwork those guys and become one of the best players on the field. How do you feel about his mentality? I, I think it's a healthy one. Uh, I, I think he's been on both sides of the, this equation. He's been on Utah teams uh, that had tons of talent. He was a coach on the Utes team in 2004-2008. Both of those were BCS-busting teams. Remember that 2008 team? beat the Alabama Crimson Tide, who's mm-hmm. then gone on to win a lot of national championships. So Shout he, out to my brother-in-law, who was the starting tight end for Utah. There you go. At that time, Cole there, Sampson. There you go. Uh, he knows what it's like to have high-level talent. And, but even at that time, they probably didn't have as high-level talent as Alabama. So maybe there's a little thing there that you can say, we had really good talent on both those teams. But Alabama may have had you know the Stars talent. So we had to kind of play better and we had to outwork them. Uh, but he also kind of knows, you know, because of what he's probably seen, that you can have a lot of talent and you can squander that talent as well. And you look at the maybe even the other side of the equation. He was the head coach at Weber State. He's coached guys that were overlooked, and he's seen them go on to play in the NFL. Cougar cornerback Eddie Heckard could have gone to the NFL last year coming out of Weber. He decided to come to BYU, maybe better as odds of getting drafted. He was either overlooked in high school or became a better player because he was given a chance. BYU needs to get big-time recruits, but they also need more guys like Eddie Heckard. I think Jay Hill is speaking to his guys like Micah Harper is speaking to the defense. The guys last year that were on this team last year wouldn't know what happened to the defense. Jay is saying, I think you're better than that. I think you are you can be a good player even if you were a two-star recruit or a three-star recruit. Or or maybe you missed a tackle against Liberty last year. I think <laughs> Or 20. <laughs> yeah, I think you're better than that. You can still be good even if you aren't going to have NFL caliber, you know, uh, talent on your roster. And by the way, if you if you remember back, Lauren, to some of your favorite BYU football players, many didn't make the NFL. Many of them probably didn't have a lot of stars. I I, I wanted to throw one out to you, and it's someone that it, it, you were probably a fan of uh, as a BYU football fan. It's Cameron Jensen. He was mm-hmm. he was a good linebacker at BYU. He did a lot of great things for the Cougars. They won Mount West Conference titles. But he didn't make the NFL. That doesn't diminish the wonderful things he did while he was here as a Cougar, and he was, and he was able to maybe outwork some guys who maybe had better talent than him. Absolutely, he, he's a really good example of that. I think BYU is actually chock full of those. And and I I agree with you. When Jay Hill was first hired, and I got to speak and and hear about his coaching style, it sounded very Bronco Mendenhall esque to me. And I liked it. Bronco consistently had some of the best defenses in the country and recruited and developed guys like Kyle Van Noy, Ziggy Ansah, Fred Warner, and more. Kyle and Fred were highly recruited guys, but the surrounding defense, not as much. And they were very, very good, consistently a top 10 defense in the country. And Bronco did exactly what Jay Hale said in this clip. He took took guys who maybe weren't the fastest or most athletic in the country, and he made them outwork everyone. He made them outwork everyone. And it's so refreshing to hear Jay Hill say the same thing. And he's he's an intense guy who clearly loves the game and wants the players to do, the, do it the right way. And now cool for the guys to know that 
even though they may be underdogs, which they definitely are in this conference, their work ethic and unity could eventually make them one of the best defenses in the country, like Michael Harper said. And I wouldn't be surprised if Jay Hill himself becomes one of the top defensive coordinators in the country. The one, um, I think maybe I, I'm speaking too too soon. I don't know. I think the one thing you have to guard against Lauren is falling in love with you know what we can develop anyone out there, and I don't think the yes. I don't think Jay Hill does that. I, I I'm not saying that he does that, but I I think you have to prevent yourself from saying, well, we'll just have to develop talent when they get here. I think some guys will be able to develop, some guys just won't. So you you have to have a nice mix of like what you talked about. You have to have your Kyle Van Noys on your team to wreck defenses, but then you're going to have to have your guys that maybe were a one or a two-star recruit. I think BYU now moving into the Big 12, it's probably going to be more like your three-star recruit, and you're going to have to coach them up and say, yeah, you were only a two or a three-star, but we can make you a four-star. So I think you have to have a nice mix. You cannot rely too much on saying, We've got great player development, and we're going to develop you no matter what you do, you know who you are coming through yes. here. I'm not saying that they're going to do that, but that's that's kind of what you have to prevent yourself from doing. You can't just turn every single walk on into an NFL draft prospect. One hundred percent, and I think they're doing a really good job of of trying to recruit different places and and higher star athletes. There, of course, that's going to be their number one goal, right? They want the best athletes in the country. But the nature of BYU and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and and the honor code, that isn't always going to be the case. And I I think even in the Big 12, they're going to have a better chance of doing that. But 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 still, they're they're at a disadvantage there. So I think it's awesome to have someone like Jay Hill, who is there to encourage and help develop, just like Bronkelman. I'm not saying he's just like Bronco Hall, but that's what Bronco Hall did, and that was his mentality, and it bore fruit. Um, so that, that, that is something I'm super excited about. One highly touted guy on the defensive side that we've only seen glimpses of because of injury, uh, is senior linebacker, Chaz Ayu. I talked to him after practice about his physical health, his goals for fall camp and which game he has circled on his calendar this season. Here's the interview. So obviously you've been through a lot of fall camps. This fall camp is a little bit different though with BYU heading into a power climb. Is there a different feel from your perspective? Way different feel. I feel like the urgency is there. It was there before, but, you know, just the excitement of moving into a big conference, playing against big-time teams, you can just feel the urgency and excitement. What about you personally? You've been part of independence your entire time at BYU, and now you're part of a big conference and a really good conference. What's your mindset, and how has it changed knowing that you, you are part of the Big 12? You know, the only thing that's really changed with that is knowing that I can play for a championship. You know, in the independence, we only had really one championship that we could play for, but now we got two. And so just the opportunity that it is being in the Big 12 to play for, you know, Big 12 title is, it means a lot to me. So, you know, it's a lot more excitement, a lot more, you know, to look forward to. Yeah. What would you say is your number one goal for fall camp this year? My number one goal is to be as healthy and athletic as I possibly can. I just want to feel like the Chaz that, you know, I know I am, know that I can be. I got a lot to prove to myself. So that's really my personal goal this, this fall. I love that. And I'm so excited to watch you. What? How do you feel like you are physically? How do you feel like your body's feeling so far? I feel great. I mean, you know, this is my first snap since last November. So it's a shock to my body, but I feel really good, feel really healthy, feel really strong, you know. I feel like, if anything, my attitude and the way that I'm approaching the game has been the biggest difference. And the part of me that's really feeling the best. What, uh, what part does your dad play in all of this? You know, my dad has played a huge role. 
you know, honestly, like being real with it all, I'm not even really supposed to be here right now. You know, with all the um, injuries and things that I've been through, I'm just grateful to be playing ball. And my dad has been my biggest supporter. Um, he hasn't been doubting me in any way. He's been the one in my ear telling me that I should keep going. And, you know, on days where I don't feel like doing it, you know, he's the one that's that's pushing me along. So he's been, been the biggest piece to it. That's awesome. I feel like there's a lot for you to be excited about. You're feeling good. You're healthy. It's your senior year. You're in the Big 12. When you picture your senior year, what, what gets you most excited to get going and get playing? You know, the biggest thing for me is I just want to – go out on my senior year the way that I came into football. You know, I want to love and enjoy, have fun with my, my brothers. You know, I've been here for a long, long time now. And so going into my senior year, I'm just looking to have fun. Do people, do they call you grandpa around here or what? They call me uncle. You know, I'm <laughs> uncle on the senior year. They call me uncle. That's so. better than grandpa. Though. Yeah, I'll take uncle. You know, way better than grandpa. <laughs> and you're not that old. Yeah. Depth, depth is key in, in any position. That's, I mean, that's part of what fall camp is about, building depth and creating that. How do you feel like the depth of the linebackers is so far. I feel like it's really good. You know, even for, to our young bucks who are still yeah. learning the defense. And, you know, we're all learning the defense, but they're learning D1 football. And I feel like they're picking up really fast. And, you know, they're going to make a lot of big plays in the coming years. And it's going really good as far as, you know, people picking up the slack in, you know, the area that people thought we were lacking in, which was linebacker. And, right. You know, we all have that chip on our shoulder now. Yeah. And the linebackers themselves have a lot to prove with, with everything. And speaking of that defense, how do you feel like everybody's acclimating so far and picking up on it? Because it is significantly different than, than what you guys did last year. Yeah, it's significantly different, and we're picking it up really good. You know, it's a lot more technical. It's a lot more to this defense than what we had before. Um, and it's a lot of – it's really like an NFL defense. So I think the defense is picking it up well. And as fall camp will go on, it'll get faster and faster, and we'll start looking a lot better. And Jay Hill specifically, what, what do you feel like he's brought just to the entire team? You know, Jay Hill, he's an awesome coach. I've known Jay Hill for a long time, and just the way that he approaches the game, he's very intense and hardcore um, with the way that he, he goes about everything. You know, I think that's been the biggest part of it, is he brings an attitude and, you know, really just his grit that the defense really needs. Does that rub off on, on the other guys? Like when, when your specific coaches and when Jay Hill kind of have this chip on their shoulder, is that something that rubs off to, to the players as well? Definitely. I mean, the team takes on, you know, the coaches, especially yeah. your D coordinator, your defense yeah. is going to take on that, that attitude too. And, you know, you see it, you know, we're a chippy defense that doesn't take crap for nobody. Yeah. So I think you'll see that a lot during the season too. I love that. You played a lot of incredible teams during your career. Mm -hmm. And BYU has an independence. Now you get to play tons. Texas Tech, Texas, Oklahoma, some great teams are now part of the conference. The classic answer is you want to take it one gate at a time, and I know, but is there one that you're specifically like, this is my senior year, I cannot wait to play this team? No, there's a couple. I would say my top two would probably be Oklahoma. That was a, a dream team of mine growing up, and in my recruiting process, had some chippy things going on with them, and so, you know, I have some personal things going on with Oklahoma, but it's nothing bad. It's just all love of the game, you know, so Probably Oklahoma and then Texas. I just think that's playing in that stadium is something that, you know, you can't beat. So I'm excited to get out to Texas and experience that. And it's kind of cool maybe to think that you have the opportunity to beat these two teams that are headed into the SEC next mm -hmm. year. Does that, does that play into it a little bit as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, you're always going to hold that. You beat those two teams. You're like, yeah, we beat those two <laughs> SEC teams. Yeah. You know, no, big, no biggie, but that's definitely – that plays a role. Okay, awesome. Chaz, you're amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Coming up, we'll talk to running back Aiden Robbins on his goals for his first fall camp at BYU. Plus, they're just four weeks until the football team takes the field of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We'll tell you a few times the number four has been significant in BYU sports history. This is Cougar Tailgate. 
Welcome back to Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean alongside Cleon Wall. I chatted with transfer running back Aiden Robbins after practice this week about pressures that come with being the number one guy and what it's like being behind some of the best linemen in the country. All right, well, how was how was day one of camp? Day two, uh, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, this was, this was day two. Yesterday was kind of, um, you know, just meetings and just going getting some general information and things like that. But, uh, you know, day two was good. It was good to have my first, like, real, real practice with the team. I mean, I was here in the spring, but it was definitely good to – you know, get acclimated to the system, make some plays, get a feel for the game, and, you know, get that first practice in the Big 12. What would you say is your number one goal for fall camp? Um, well, one, be a leader. Be a leader um, for my teammates and, you know, get to know everybody on the roster. We got a lot of new guys, um, tremendous roster turnover, and, um, you know, just, just make plays, um, you know, solidify position, um, get get acclimated to my teammates and and be and be coachable for one listen to Harvey and be take take uh take all the information he's giving me and apply it to the field how has it been working with Harvey so far it's been good he um he kind of calms my nerves down a little bit um you know he's he's a very chill coach and he just he really just lets me go out there I just feel like there's not a, a someone breathing down my neck every time I step on the field I just feel like he kind of lets me be me play the way I play and that that in turn allows me to go out there and make plays. Well, and speaking of nerves, there's a lot of talk that you're going to be the number one guy in Big <laughs> Twelve at running back. Is mm-hmm. that something you're comfortable with, or you're still kind of getting used to it? What's that like for you? I mean, that's cool. I mean, you know, y'all y'all can say whatever y'all want. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not one to boast. We have a we have you know a great running back room, but one thing I'm gonna do, I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna go to work every day. Love that. Mm-hmm. What has Harvey told you about kind of his expectations for you moving forward in this whole camp? Well, we all, he has the same expectations for everybody in the room. We all hold each other accountable and, you know, we all have high expectations for each other. And, you know, as a team, we just have a high standard. The offensive line is really deep yeah. this year. What are your thoughts when this is kind of your first time being able to see those guys up front in front of you? What are your thoughts on the guys up front? Oh, man, it's, it's great. This was my first time kind of, Getting to see some of them holes open up a little bit, and <laughs> just seeing seeing some of the guys like like Caleb and and Kingsley open up them holes, man. It's some big dudes, and it's nice to be able to run behind a, a NFL O line. <laughs> it's a really big dude, right? There. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. We call him Big Tree. Oh my goodness. Um, so it's important to have chemistry with your quarterback as well as a running yeah. back. How's that going for you and Keaton so far? Um, it's good. Um, obviously there's been a lot of media about Keaton and I, and um, yeah. we're locker buddies as well, so. You know, it's, it's good to be around QB1 all the time. You know, he's a great dude and he's a great leader, and I'm happy to be his teammate and to be able to line up beside him. <laughs> You've been in different conferences mm-hmm. uh, leading up to this one, going to the Big 12. Obviously, this is a big deal for BYU. Yeah. What's been the feeling like in fall camp as far as just being able to be in a Power 5 conference? Just excitement, man, and, and just proving everybody wrong. I mean, obviously, you know, we don't like to talk about it. We don't like to talk about what the, the media has to say, you know, we're all we got, we're all we need, and, you know, I feel like we're going to prove a lot of people wrong this year. I love that. Yeah. What about Kalani? What's his message been to the entire team at the start of fall camp? Um, just, just stay persistent, love each other, love one another, mm-hmm. come to work every single day, be your be the best you, and and above all, be a, be a great human being. And, and honestly, I, I thank him for, for being a better human being than a coach. He's a great coach, but he's, a, he's an awesome human being. He's really good yeah. at that. 
Is there a game that you have circled this year? I know that's the classic answer is one day at a time, one game yeah, at a time. Yeah, yeah. And I know that's true. I know that's true. <laughs> but is there one you're like, oh, this is going to be sweet? Oh, I that definitely. Is Texas. I got no, no, no. I ain't gonna say all that. You know, I kind of <laughs> want to keep that private. I have one, but like you said, I'm gonna give you the classic answer. If we taking it day by day. All I'm thinking about is Sam Houston on September second. Game one is only four weeks away. Woohoo! So as part of our countdown, we'll tell you about a few significant moments in BYU sports history that include the number four. Number one, Cleon, Coach Patrick Shane led the women's cross country team to four championships in six years leading him to be named Coach of the Year several times. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Danny Ainge, current... Go, Patrick. Yeah, I mean, he had a, he was a good coach back with the cross-country team before Diljit Taylor took over, so yep. good for yep. him. Danny Ainge, current executive for the Utah Jazz, played for four NBA teams over his career. I think most people will remember that he played for the Celtics. I guess maybe a few younger people might know that he played for the Trailblazers and the Suns. He went to the NBA Finals with both those teams, but they didn't win either of those times. And then he also played uh, very, a very, very, very short time for the Sacramento Kings. Well, he's done well for himself regardless. Uh, does Frankie Fredericks ring a bell? Oh, yes. It didn't to me. Yes, I know, I know Frankie Fredericks. <laughs> well, he was a sprinter for BYU and won four Olympic silver medals. Good job, Frankie. Yeah. Casey Jennings, who played for the men's volleyball team from 1999 to 2000, is a four-time beach volleyball champion. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cleon, do you know this one? BYU football won the national championship in 1984. Wow. I did uh, yeah. not know that. I didn't know if you knew that, that's, but there it is. That's our stretch for the week. It's 1984. <laughs> yep, that's, you got to have one. A bit of a stretch. Uh, Taysom Hill wore the number four for BYU before switching to number seven. He should have stuck with number four. I liked him as a number four. Oh, well. <laughs> Michael Smith was a stretch four for BYU while wearing the number four. He was drafted in the first round of the 1989 NBA draft. By the way, I, saying that Michael Smith was a... There, there was no such thing as a stretch four <laughs> when Michael Smith played for the BYU Cougars, okay? He was a, the stretch act, four is a bit of a stretch. It, it, it was it was kind of funny because he played on a team with Jeff, Jeff Chapman and mm-hmm. oh Jim Yusevich. And he, I would have considered him the three. Jeff Chapman, even though he was shorter, played with his back to the basket. He was the four. Michael Smith was the three. But whatever. I mean, I, I'm parsing out where anyway. <laughs> details, details. Exactly, exactly. Uh, the best linebacker in the NFL, Fred Warner, wore number four at BYU. And last, but definitely not least, it's been four years since Utah last defeated BYU in football. You had to get one rivalry dig in, didn't you, Lauren? Nice job. You absolutely do every single time. The Big 12 announced that they will be playing games in Mexico City, potentially. BYU has an international reach with its ties to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, so it's very possible that a game in most countries would bring a decent crowd. Cleon, where else would you like to see the Cougars play outside of the United States? Let me give one, and then you give one, and then I'll give my second one, and you give another one. Does that sound good? A couple each? Is that Does that sound pretty good? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's so my first would be Brazil. There are a lot of good basketball players from Brazil, hmm. some who have played for BYU, also some good uh, men's volleyball players from the country yeah. of Brazil. So let's go down there, play some basketball games, and show the Brazilian basketball fans a, a good time. I, 
I'd love to see it if the BYU women's soccer team could go down there, but I'm not sure it would have as big an impact, maybe on the soccer team themselves, meaning the women's soccer team, because if they were able to go down and see the Brazilian national teams play, I think they would enjoy that. I'm not sure you'd see a lot of Brazilian soccer players actually uh, come up to BYU, but uh, I don't know. Maybe we could swing that deal. Let let the soccer team go down, too. There's a lots of members of the church in Brazil. I think that's a wonderful idea. Uh, my first one would be Canada. Boring, I know. But I think that's the most realistic fan base that could reap benefits for BYU in the future. Boise State transfer Isaiah Banias from Canada. And he mentioned to us uh, that, that he would hear about BYU when he was growing up. So imagine if games were played there and the fan base increased. That could open up a lot of recruitment opportunities for BYU and they're close by, you know what I mean? Like there, there, there doesn't have to be a significant change in language and, and culture that much for Canadians to come to the United States. So Canada would be my number one choice. If they play football in Canada, do they have to play by the Canadian football rules? Nope. Darn. They don't. That would have been let's so ask, fun. Let's ask Ben Cahoon. Yeah. Three downs instead of four. He's like I, the king. Yeah. I love that idea. Uh, my second, <laughs> well, I'm going to cheat. Okay. I, I'm going to say Israel so Jerusalem or some Whoa. Tel Aviv or something like that, or London. Uh, I'm going to say Israel for basketball. It'd be rough. If you haven't heard about uh, experiences of guys playing professionally over in Israel, it would be rough, but it would also be really interesting. Hopefully no batteries are thrown at the players. So it, oh could, my gosh. it could be really interesting there. Uh, London for football because the NFL has had games over there. So why not a Big 12 game between BYU and UCF? Okay. Uh, why the Knights? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> well, the, the Knights that was a are, big reveal, and I don't understand why. I, you're, you're just like, why didn't you pick someone like Oklahoma State? It, <laughs> hear my logic here. Why the Knights? Because they are from Orlando, and Orlando means Disney World. And Disney World means a lot of people from Europe, and especially the UK, I'm sure go there on vacation It'd be a natural team for them to root for. They're like, wait, they're from Orlando? That's where Disney World is. I'll root for the Golden Knights. See, I love mm-hmm. this idea. That 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 is the mm-hmm. matchup of the future in London, BYU and <laughs> UCF. And if they have to play, I'd love to see them play at Wembley Stadium, which is a huge soccer uh, soccer stadium and they played NFL games there. I'm not sure that would be good. Maybe you find a smaller soccer venue like around 25,000 and, and that'd be kind of fun to have the BYU and, and an opponent play over in London. Well, the UCF, I have to say, Cleon, that angle, maybe a bit of a stretch. <laughs> well, do you People think that, being huge Disney fans, which they are, I'm sure, but I don't know how many of them associate it with. Well, I mean, but how many of them are going to say, woo, BYU and Texas Tech? And I'm, this is not a slam on Texas Tech. I'm just like, they'd be sitting there going, wait, Texas what? <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I think they'll say UCF what? <laughs> they probably would. They but might yeah, say BYU but, what too. Absolutely, they would. But London would be super, super cool. I, I think I, I don't know about Israel. I don't. <laughs> I value the safety of our players, but I think London would be really cool. Number two for me, my second choice would be Australia for similar reasons as Canada. They have football over there, right? So um, I don't know why my brain. You're you're you were venturing off to different sports. My brain was just kind of stuck on football. They have football in Australia, and I just think it'd be super cool to go watch a game in Australia. But I also think it's a great opportunity for recruitment, not a huge change in culture or language. And you've and, and I know Johnny Linehan's from New Zealand. Okay. He hates when you get New Zealand and Australia mixed up. So I didn't, Johnny. But just a similar thing. Look how much success he had coming over here as a member of the church, did very well on the football team, loved it here. So if I think if we played in Australia or New Zealand, I think that could be a really cool 
um, opportunity for the players and just recruitment possibilities could open up. What do you think? Not, I, I think Australia would be a natural. No, no, no. I think it'd be a natural fit just because um, I, I think they would appreciate if it's going to be football, they're going to appreciate uh, American football down there because of uh, the types of sports that they have down there. And then also uh, basketball. They've got good basketball players. I think they would appreciate uh, a college. It, it'd be fun if BYU. It, it'd be fun if two Big 12 basketball teams could go down there because I think that would garner a lot of attention if they could play two yes. games down there. Like if it was if it was BYU, then I'd say uh, BYU and Kansas State or something like that because I think you still have a lot of Australian players who might want to come and play college basketball in the U.S. So I think that would draw a lot of interest. Or if they went down there and they played a couple of a couple of the pro teams, I think that'd be fun too. And I don't know when the game would air, seeing that I think Australia is like a 13-hour difference. But details, details. All right. And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Aiden Robbins and Chaz Ayu for coming on the show with us. You can join the Cougar Tailgate wherever you get your podcasts, on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYURadio.org. Cougar Tailgate is a production of BYU Radio.